great to be at his house. It's um, starting a new lesson. I'm sure they chose this series uh, because of the month it would fall in, but uh, it's called the attitude of thanksgiving. It's not the attitude of the Thanksgiving holiday. It's the attitude of thanksgiving that we have towards God. And um, this is a time where we do reflect often on things, or we should, that uh, things we're thankful for in this world, things that have been afforded us in this life, but we know that all things come from God. And so ultimately, thanks belongs to God, and we give Him the glory. So uh, today we will be talking about uh, the posture of thanksgiving, the posture of thanksgiving and uh, because it is God's will for us to be thankful, you realize that. God desires us to be thankful. We must maintain a posture of thanksgiving. In other words, we, we are never not thankful for what God has done. We may not be thankful for what the world has done. We might not be thankful for what people do, but we will always be thankful for what God has done and what he has provided us in this life. And so we maintain a posture of thanksgiving. Our scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 12, starting from 12 to 15, says, And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Let's pray for our lesson today. Lord, we thank you for your word and your many blessings to us today. And Lord, we are so glad to be here now to learn and hear, Lord, from your word. Help us today to receive this word, God, that we can be better, be more like you the way you designed us to be. Lord, we are thankful for the many blessings that you give us every day, for the benefits that you load us with daily. Lord, we love and praise you and we ask it today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. God's good. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for the Lord today. You can be seated. And I'm so, uh, this morning, just been uh, reflecting on some things. I'm thankful for what God did, how he purchased me with his blood, called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm thankful for what God has done. Maintaining a posture of thanksgiving. When we see uh, this story unfold with David and Israel, the ark had been out of Israel for some time. It had been stolen uh, after a battle that Israel lost, in which at that time uh, Eli, who was Israel's high priest and judge, uh, he had lost his two sons in that battle. But when they came and told him that the ark of God had been stolen, he actually fell off his seat, and it said he was an older man, and uh, he, was, he was heavy, and said when he fell, he, he broke his neck, it killed him. He was 
more grieved at the loss of the ark uh, because it was the ark of God that uh, it grieved him more than even the loss of his son. Uh, one of his son's wife was uh, about to bear a child, and as um, she was having this child, they told her the news that her, son, her husband had been killed in the battle and that the ark of God had been taken and she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed. And, uh, you know, she was more distressed over losing the glory of God than she was even her husband. And so we, we see that uh, Israel was thankful for this Ark of the Covenant. They, they realized the anointing and the glory that it brought into Israel. When Israel had this and they were right with God, that, uh, nothing could stop them. They were... It represented uh, the mercy seat where God would come down. And, uh, but the Philistines, now holding this treasure, realized we got to get rid of this. <laughs> they tried to hold on to it, but twice uh, their God, uh, the, the idol, their, their statue of their God, twice fell down before the ark, and the second time it broke it into pieces. And, and then they... Uh, uh, Sent, the, sent it to Gath, and then they were stricken with a disease in their body, and they said, we got to get rid of it. And so uh, they sent, sent it away to try to get it back to Israel. And then after seven months of more trouble, the ark ends up in Kirjath-Jerim, and it stays there for 20 years. But Israel was always wanting to bring it back. David and them tried to go get it back, but they put it on a cart. They tried to bring it back in the wrong fashion, and, of course, we know there's a tragedy there the man who reached out to steady the ark, and he was uh, killed. And so now they're like, park this thing. we got to figure out something else. And finally they realize we must carry it the way God intended, and they, all Israel goes to retrieve the ark of the Lord. And they are bringing it back in this great procession. There's a lot of worship and praise, and after going six paces, they sacrifice, and David would dance before the Lord uh, with all of his might, it says. So... Uh, what was happening, you know, even his wife, she looked out and saw him, despised his display of worship. But it was his outward demonstration that it matched his uh, inner joy. He was so glad that the, the glory of God was coming back into Israel, that the ark had been recovered. Uh, it was his posture. He was thankful for what God had done and that God was letting the glory come back. Uh, it was his posture of thanksgiving. He was not going to change. She, she scolded him for the way he behaved, but he said, I will be more vile the next time. <laughs> I'm not going to change uh, my attitude toward God. He has been good to me, and when there's something to be celebrated, I am going to be celebrating. And so uh, when we think about a posture, the word, of course, normally is like, uh, hey, stand up, put your shoulders back, sit up. You know, when your parents are always trying to teach you to, have good posture. Don't slump. Don't slouch. But, you know, all of that is actually uh, an outward view of what's going on inside. It's the way uh, you're seeing what your skeletal system's doing. It's the inside that people are seeing, hey, he's, he's got poor posture. Well, it's not his skin that's poor. It's not his muscles that are poor. It's his bone that he's letting down. It's what, it's what you can't see that's causing what you can see. And so uh, what people can't see oftentimes uh, is what we should let them see, that we are thankful to God for what he has done in our life. There is one thing for sure. I am going to have trouble in this life, 
uh, the, uh, Job said it, I believe, that, that a man was uh, few, born a few days and full of trouble. It was, you know, things are going to happen. It's going to rain on the just and it's going to rain on the unjust. It, time and chance is going to happen to us all. Things are going to come your way. Life is going to happen. And let me tell you, there's one thing that can never change in my situations is that I must remain thankful to God. Because no matter what happens, God has washed me in His blood. And, and no matter what happens, He has baptized me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. And now uh, I am ready for heaven. If the trumpet sounds because of that Spirit that's inside of me, I'm leaving the ground. If, uh, if I happen to find myself in the ground, I will be getting up out of the ground because God has prepared me for that great day. He has made it possible that I could hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I am thankful to God. And so our outward posture reflects our inward attitude. You know, if you were to go, you know, I, we, we're not from England or any of these other countries that have a king or prime minister and different things. Uh, but you'll see them, people from those countries, they will kneel before that queen or kneel before that king because they reverence them as such. But they're not my king. But I might would, you know, find myself in their presence, see everybody else bowing down, well, kneeling down to them. And, and maybe somebody would think, well, I guess I better kneel. But it don't mean nothing to you. It's not there. It's, you don't feel uh, the, the reach of his lordship or his kingship. or what. It's not your country. It's not, he's not looking out for you. You're, you're just doing that. It is sad today that some people do not kneel before God with an honest heart. That it's not because they're thankful. They're, they're trying for somebody to see them. Or, or maybe they're just doing it so nobody will think something about them. They don't want to look like a hypocrite. But let me tell you, God knows if you're kneeling in adoration. God knows if you're kneeling in servitude. He knows whether or not you really honor Him as King of kings and Lord of lords. I don't want to kneel before God and, and honor Him with my lips, but my heart be far from Him. I want to have... Uh, the, the posture, but uh, I don't want to have a form of godliness denying the power thereof. I want to have the posture of thanksgiving. I want to uh, lift my hands, as the scripture says, in praise unto him. I want to lift my voice like a trumpet or clap my hands or praise him in the dance or on the cymbals or on the stringed instruments. I want to, there's going to be an outward demonstration of the thankfulness I feel for God. When we worship God in thanksgiving, we must hold these genuine feelings in our heart. That's why Jesus said the Lord is looking for those that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And people can mock it and make fun of it and say it's not necessary. But honey, when you are thankful for what God has done in your life, you will lift your hands. You will lift your voice. You, you, you just can't be quiet when you think that God has spared me from a devil's hell. God has spared me from a life of wreck and ruin. God has washed me in his blood. I, hey, let me tell you, I can't just be quiet. I can't just sit down and do nothing. I can't not praise him because I am thankful for what God has done for me. 
Thanksgiving is a lot more than turkey and cranberry sauce. I know we, we love to eat and we love to get together and we're thankful for family. But I would not have a family today if it wasn't for God. I probably wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for God. I am thankful for what God has allowed in my life. And if I have to dance before the Lord with all my might, it might offend somebody. That's okay. I'm not going to stop for nobody. Oh, I wish you wouldn't do that. It embarrasses me. Then go somewhere else because, or shut your eyes because it won't stop. You know, we, we have, we, there's something that's happened inside of us. It's, it's true. It's genuine. And we feel that love of God and that mercy of God has touched our soul in a way that nothing in this world can touch it. We are thankful. To God. But it can't just be, oh yeah, I'm thankful. It can't just be, it can't even just be my words. John wrote in 1 John 3 and 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's got to be true and it's got to be expressed with more than just your mouth. With more than just uh, your lips. Uh, you know, we can say it all day long, but what are we doing to prove it? That's why the Lord gave us instruction. It, it's not just commandment, but it was instruction about his commandment. If you love me, keep my commandments. People say, how can I show God how much I love him? You can't repay him. You can't do enough to, to equal up to what he's done. How, how can I show God how much I love him? Does God really know? And Jesus was trying to give them an answer. It wasn't just a, a mandate or a commandment that uh, he was like, I mean, we know we've got to keep the commandments of God. But he said, if you love me. You know, people a lot of times, what can I get you? You know, you, you want to buy that special someone uh, gift. What, what can I get you that you don't have? I, I want to get them something good this year. People drive themselves crazy over birthdays and holidays try, trying to get that right gift because I want them to know how much I love them. And oftentimes they'll say, you know, if you love me, then just show it. You don't have to give me uh, something that you bought you don't have to give me something I can hold in my hand. Just love me. Just be there. Talk to me. Hug me. Spend time. Be in relationship with me. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you love me, keep my commandments. You'll never have to wonder if you're showing that love, if you will just keep my commandments. You'll never have to ask, Jesus, what can I get you? What can I do for you? Keep my commandments. If you love me, just obey my word. Just serve me in sincerity and truth. Live for me like I ask you to. I, I died for you. I, you know, and, and so I, I'm not asking, I'm just asking you to keep my commandments. So it's not, that's our reasonable service, I believe Paul said it. You know, it's, it's present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. It's your reasonable service for what he did. Listen, no one can worship God as you do as an individual. Corporate worship is great, but it, corporate worship is made up of if there's 200 people in the room, then it's 200 individual acts of worship. When all Israel brought it up, however many was there that day, it was that many number of people acts of individual worship. Because uh, today we could start testifying and writing a list and, and you would be writing things down, I would be writing things down. It wouldn't be the same. There's the way I feel about what he did for me and what he called me out of may not be the same 
That's why we used to sing the old song. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Or, or when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I'll sit still and won't say nothing. That ain't what it says. And my show, my soul shouts hallelujah, yo, and thank God for saving me and just praising God. And I remember people singing that song years ago and running and shouting. And once they'd get going, people say, yes, right? Because they all of a sudden they felt it. You don't know like I know, and, and you don't understand what he's done for me, and I've got to express my thankfulness to God. That worship, nobody can worship God like you do for you. That's why worship is so wonderful. It comes right out of you, but it cannot. Well, my form of worship is to sit still and be quiet. There's not an example of that anywhere in the scripture. There is not an example of people worshiping where you see them and they walked in silence as they worshiped the Lord. They sat in silence as they prayed God. Yeah, right. They was talking in other tongues. They was dancing before the Lord with all their might. It was angels flying back forth and heaven crying out so loud that the, the voice of the, the, the post of the door moved at the voice of those that worshiped. Earthquakes would happen. Doors would fly open. You ain't getting nothing out of that meditating kind of worship, that uh, trying to ESP your praise to God. That ain't going to work. You need to open your mouth and lift your voice like a trumpet. You need to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You need to cry out to God and let, let him know I'm thankful for what you have done. You need to sometimes uh, find yourself in a place where it looks like you're just talking to nobody because nobody's around, but you just talk it out loud to God. God, I thank you for what you've done today. I mean, be sitting at the red light and let people wonder what's going on. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you for this job I'm driving to. Thank you for the opportunity to go to school. Thank you for my family that I just left. And thank you for the home I slept in last night. Thank you for all the blessings. There's a posture of thanksgiving. People will see that uh, coming out of you. They'll see it flowing out of you when you're thankful to God. We're the light of the world. Salt the earth. Let, it, let your light so shine that they may guess. Notice that they would see. Not just hear, but see. Because I find it, I, you know one thing, I, 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 people that, that, that are very uh, demonstrative in their worship. That's never quiet. So I, the, the hearing is, is given. I don't ever see nobody just dancing in silence. Man, they're like, ah! Or they talking in tongues. Or, so if they run in there like, glory! You know, it's, you know they don't say nobody just... <laughs> I've seen people jogging doing that outside. If, I don't, if I'm jogging, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to be talking to the Lord if I'm running. <laughs> whew, whew, don't let me die on this track, Lord. Woo. But when I'm in here worshiping God, I'm about to sit, sit down and be quiet. And, uh, I, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm not going to find. I, hey, and, so here we go. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me that people do this. That's my dogs. Woo! That's cool. That's your dogs. That's my team. Roll Tide or Go Tigers, whatever. You, you know, of course, I guess Roll Tide's hiding today. But, but you know, uh, people just, I, I got no problem with that, that. But how can I not say thank you, Jesus, 
or praise God or bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Uh, um, you know, sometimes I'll be like, go on, Jesus, go. Because, hey, he's doing it, man. I'm, I'm excited because he's number one to me. I got nothing against anybody uh, backing their team and being thankful their team won. That's fine. I, I enjoy that stuff, too. I, I'm not, the older I get, the less I care about it. But, you know, it's uh, I, no problem at all. But if it's so one-sided that we only are thankful when our team wins or we're only thankful when the bonus comes in or if we're only thankful when it's going my way, but, but I am always thankful to God. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You don't praise God unless you're thankful, because I enter in with thanksgiving, and then the voice of praise. I begin to be thankful for what he's done, and then I begin to praise him, because I am thankful for all he has provided. And so when we have this posture of thanksgiving there's some things that will help you maintain that and realize that there's four things here that we're going to look at uh, number one you have to acknowledge these things and, and understand this is fact this is true this is how it works I acknowledge that I have nothing of my own even if I don't serve God I have nothing on my own if it wasn't for God allowing me to still breathe each day I wouldn't have anything. I, I acknowledge that I deserve nothing from God. God don't owe me. God don't owe me. I acknowledge God's sovereign prerogative to give or to withhold. It's still right. It's God's choice because God always knows what's best for you and I. I must believe that. I acknowledge that all my blessings come from God. In other words... As Jesus said in John 15, 5 and 7, without him, I can do nothing. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. In other words, nothing is going to produce unless you abide in me. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide in me he is, or not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered. Men gather them, carry them to the, or cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. The word abide means to stay. It means to stay in a given place. That's why you don't leave the church. That's why you don't leave the Lord. To stay in a given state. Paul said, whatever state I'm in, I'm content. It means whatever's going on in my life, I'm going to stay in him. I'm going to abide in him. It also means to stay in a given relation. I'm not going to think all of a sudden I have outgrown what got me here. All of a sudden I, am, uh, I know more than anybody else and I can do my own thing and have my new own revelation. I'm going to stay in the right relation with God, or it means to stay in expectancy. Never stop having expectation in God. You can always trust that God will be God. One writer in the scripture said, 
that he said, my expectation is in God. I have seen people post and things and write and, and make the statements that if you have expectations, you are only setting yourself up to be let down. Well, if you set your expectations in the world, you will be let down. If you set your expectations in man, unfortunately, you will be let down. But when you set your expectation in God, you will always have a thankful heart because God will not forsake you. God will not leave you. God will always take care of you. It may never always be the answer you were looking for, but it will always be the right answer because it will be from God. He never, uh, God don't have no typos. God, God don't misspeak. He, he's not the author of confusion. When God says something, whether it lines up with what we thought or not, it's right. I have to always be willing to let go of what I thought was going to happen and accept what God says is going to happen because God is always right. He is sovereign. And it is his prerogative to withhold or to pour it out. But he always does what's best for his people. And then it also means, abide means to be present. You can't just be here. You have to be present. It's just like in any relationship. A husband and wife may be together years and years and all of a sudden, and it's like, well, I thought everything was fine. But you you weren't here. And they're like, what do you mean I wasn't here? I was home every day. Yeah, but you wasn't here. Your body was here, but your mind wasn't here. Your body was here, but your heart wasn't here. You, you weren't present. You ever been sitting with somebody and you go out to eat lunch with them or you try to talk to them, they're staring off somewhere? Or they're there, but they're not present. You've got to be present with God. You've got to be acknowledging him, realizing that, man, I'm not taking a single breath today that I was able to do on my own. God is, God could stop your breath just like that. The next breath could stop. The next breath could stop. You just keep thinking how many times you're breathing in and out. At any point, God could say, that's it. Every breath you take comes from God. Everything you can see today comes from God. Everything you hear today comes from God. Everything you speak today comes from God. If you get up and walk, if you get up and eat, if you get up and drive, if you go home, if you've got a bed to lay in, it all came from God. And God expects us to be present with him. We're not present with him if he don't have our heart. And Jesus said, I've got people here today in this city in his time in the Bible, he said, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Oh, they're all out here for a show. They're here, but they ain't present. They're thinking about, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And if your treasure's with him, that's where your heart will be. And it won't bother you if people call you religious, fanatic, freak, whatever. You don't care about little menial stuff like that. Hey, I love the Lord. Oh, you just want in religion fanatics. You mean, do I love the God that created all things? You mean, do I love the God that sacrificed his life and bled and died for me? Is that the, that's what you, if you want to call me freak because of that, call me freak. If you want to call me religious zealot or a fanatic or holy roller or whatever, call me what you want to, uh, but I'm worshiping the King of kings and the Lord. I live my life for God. I'm not living my life to please men. I'm living my, living my life to please God. Uh, you know, did you die for me? No, you didn't. <laughs> he did. 
So I'm going to praise him. Oh, it bothers you that I say a blessing over my food? Tough. I'm thankful that I can sit down and eat today. I'm thankful that God has either given me money to go out and eat or he's given me food on the table at my home. I'm, I'm thankful for what... Hey, I don't take a bite of a Snickers bar without saying, thank you, Lord. You say, oh, that's silly, Pastor. Well, you don't have to do it. That's what I do. I mean, if I unwrap a cookie, thank you, Lord. Cookies are good. Thankful that he gave somebody the, the know-how to create that. You know you love some chocolate chip cookies or cake, whatever your, whatever your hang-up is. You know, as bad as they are for you, I'm, I'm thankful for the man that created Little Debbie's. I'm trying to stay away from them. But they sure are good. They're terrible for you, but they're good. They taste good. I don't do anything without everything I do in word or deed, I do all in the name of the Lord. And if I'm doing it in the name of the Lord, I'm doing it because I'm thankful. Because it's the Lord, I'm acknowledging that it's the Lord that has provided for me. Hey, you, you can think it's silly or not. I started to get up in a tree yesterday evening. I stopped at that deer stand, and I knew Brother Nathaniel was hunting. And I was hunting, and I said, Lord, I sure wish you, number one, keep us safe while we're hunting today. I don't want to fall out of this tree. Keep me safe. Watch over us. Keep, keep my brother safe. And uh, bless us today. But we both put something in the freezer yesterday. Thank the Lord. You know, and so uh, I give God the, the glory for that. I, I, don't, I don't sit down, I don't fast before I hunt and say I'm fasting for that 12-pointer or nothing like that. I, I don't get like that with it. Uh, but I'm thankful that God, I enjoy that. And I, so I thank God for it. He, he's allowed me, I have enough strength to still climb that stand and get up in that tree and do those things. And I enjoy it. It relaxes me. I read my scripture while I'm up there. And, and if I happen to bring something home, that's great too. And I thank you for it. But I'm thankful just for the time with him. I'm thankful for the Lord today. So we have to understand we have no rights or privileges other than those that the Lord has entrusted with us. That's that what he's given us. We have, you can't go to God and say, it's my right. No. We have no rights or privileges other than what God has entrusted to us. When Job was dealing with all the loss, uh, he declared this in Job 1 and 21. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's not just talking about being without clothing. He's saying without nothing. That, that, he's not just limited it to, uh, well, I came out and didn't have any clothes. It's not just that. He's trying to help whoever was around within earshot or whether he was encouraging himself. I know that anything I have, it came from God and if he gives, he gives. And if he takes away, he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to make sure that I am uh, understanding that what I have, it comes from God. When it comes to spiritual things, we must not think of ourselves as enriching or adding essential value to God. God loves us, but he don't have to have us. But he loves us. In the strictest sense of the word, he does not need us to enhance his deity. We only have life and breath because of his divine decree. Revelation 4 and 11 said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. 
For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. No person has any gifts, abilities, or talents of his own, his or her own making. John the Baptist said, uh, a man can receive nothing except it were given him from heaven. So anybody that tries to stand up and say, I'm doing the work for God, I have built this, I have done this, this is the making of my own hands, they're headed for a bad place. There was a man in the scripture, uh, Herod, that got up and gave a great uh, speech one time, and, and boy, they were, people were shouting. They said, man, it's the voice of a God, it's the voice of a God. And the Lord smote him, and he, was, he died, he was eating the worms. Because he didn't give God the glory. You know, uh, we learn that as ministers when we're preaching. People say, oh, brother, that was a dynamic message. You know what? The first thing out of your mouth needs to be glory to God. Because I don't have a word to speak except God give it to me. I don't, I, I, you know, oh, preacher, you preached a great message. Glory to God. Make sure, <laughs> glory to God. Don't get me wrong. You got to study. You got to pray. You need to seek. And, and you're going to put some time and effort in there. But you could study and pray and seek all you wanted to. And if God didn't reveal it and give it, you still wouldn't have nothing. <laughs> you need God uh, for these kind of things, especially these spiritual things. We must have a word from the Lord. James uh, said this in James 1 and 17, Every good gift, every perfect gift, is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If humans had value or abilities apart from the gifts of God, then we would have leverage over God. If we were able to do these things on our own, to heal on our own or deliver on our own, then we would have leverage over God. This view would mean that we are entitled to respect and deference from God. In other words, uh, we would have no reason to be thankful. I can heal myself. I don't need you, Lord. Yeah. I can, I can do this myself. I don't need you. That's what, I don't have to be thankful. I did this myself. But when we realize that everything we have comes from him, everything I am comes from him, then we, we realize that uh, when we realize he made us in his image. Now uh, I become thankful. Scripture declares, demands gratitude from humanity to God. It demands it. In the Old Testament, uh, the, the, they cited Thanksgiving as a fundamental reason for the sacrifices they gave to God. In the patriarchs and prophets, they made Thanksgiving a central theme of their worship. Psalm 100, know you not that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. And we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And then it goes on to say, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Once you have this revelation that I am his, he created me, and, and I'm in his pasture, what, what, what does a sheep need to survive? He needs a pasture. And he's saying, we're his sheep, and we're in his pasture. Not the pasture I planted or that I maintained, but uh, you know what a sheep, he don't have ability to plant grass or grow grass. He can just be led to it and eat it. He's got to have somebody over him that has a pasture so he can survive. And friend, let me tell you, if we didn't have that shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If I didn't have him, there's no goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. I'd have nothing. 
But now that I have him, I enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The Apostle Paul continued when he wrote in Philippians 4, 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Well, the posture of thanksgiving needs to be with you when you pray. When you are uh, laying out your request before God. If, hey, you ever had somebody who's just unthankful and come up and ask you for something? They might do it the first time, but once you realize how unthankful they are, pfft, not no more. I'm not doing that anymore. You don't appreciate it. You, uh, we always you know, taught our kids, we were taught growing up, you always say thank you. When somebody gives you something, you say thank you. You be appreciative of what's given to you and things like that. And uh, so we learn that and we try to teach that because uh, if people don't believe you're thankful or grateful for what's, what, you're, what they've given you, they'll cut you off. I don't know. I, nah, you ain't even thankful for that. All right? All right. So when I come for him, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Don't ever go to prayer laying out your request without your heart being thankful. He said, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. I'm thankful for what I've got, God. You see where I'm at today and what I need. That's why I go down a list. You've heard me say it from here. That's why I get us to stand and, and sometimes just thank God because there are a lot of great miracles that in the Scripture we read about that before it happened that Jesus would uh, say a prayer of thanksgiving. He, when he, even the night he was betrayed, so he, when he took the bread, he gave thanks, and then he broke it. When he had the multitude that he fed with the loaves and fish, when he gave thanks, then they distributed. And so I'm telling you that you multiply uh, your blessings when you start being thankful. When you know, people say, oh, you have, yeah, you've got to have faith. You've got to believe. You've got to trust. But none of that faith Trust, all that, it don't mean nothing if you're ungrateful, if you're unthankful. That's, man, that's one of the things it lists in the end times that people would be unthankful. You know what? I, that makes them unholy. It says unthankful and unholy. I don't want to be unthankful to God. Oh, I could be having the trial of my life, but I've got to still be thankful to God. Oh, we, we don't deserve anything, we, we, we are actually getting less than we deserve when it comes to who we are as humanity because we were all in sin and, and he could have just let us die. But this God that uh, owes us nothing yet extends and chooses to extend us mercy. The essence of grace is unmerited favor. We breathe God's air. We eat from God's supply. We benefit from God's provisions and we enjoy God's blessings. None of this is earned, deserved, or owed to us. And this truth makes pride a chief sin in the eyes of God. The scripture says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. There's some things we need to hate in this life, and pride is one of them. Arrogance. There ain't nothing that People hate worse than arrogance. Even in, you know, 
when you see someone that's, you know, maybe a, a sports guy, you know, just, man, top of their game. Top of their game, just winning, always, you know, setting records, breaking records, making new records. You think, man, they're great, but I can't stand them. Why? Because they're so arrogant. So arrogant. But pride goeth before destruction. Records were made to be broken. <laughs> so let me tell you, it, it won't be there long. I remember uh, one time, I remember Mike Tyson said, ain't a man, he said, ain't, Nobody in the universe can beat me. And then Buster Douglas beat him. And if you don't follow boxing, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But anybody that watched that fight thought, what happened? Because Buster Douglas was a big old out of shape nobody. And he beat the champion of the world. The man, you know, it's reported that the guy that built the Titanic said, even God can't sink this ship. Greatest cruise liner ever built, fabulous, immaculate, you know, all these, I mean, just so beautiful, and what a ship, and down it went, uh, down to the bottom of the ocean, and, uh, you know, better be careful, <laughs> you wouldn't have had the, any, you wouldn't have had the know-how to build it if it had been for God, what if that guy had just said, oh, I'm giving God the glory, look at what God has allowed man to do, look what God has given us the knowledge to do that, you know what? We'd, we wouldn't be having the Titanic exhibit anymore. There wouldn't be no movie. Ain't nobody excited about people making it from one end to the other. We want somebody falling off of a ship going down the middle of the ocean. That's, that's what sells tickets. What I'm telling you is that, that God is, is for the human race. But we need to be thankful every day for what, every day for what he has given us. When David... Uh, prayed in Psalm 51. He said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. He was, he was understanding. He knew what God could do to him. And he said, I have done this evil in your sight so you can be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. He knew that God could have just wiped him out. And took, he, he thought he was going to die. But the prophet told him, said, hey, don't, don't worry, David. God's not going to kill you. David knew that God could take me out for this. I'm supposed to be his man. I'm supposed to be his person. So David understood God can do what he wants to right here. I have sinned against him. It is God's sovereign prerogative to give or withhold. We came into this world flawed. David said, behold, I was shaped in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. When Paul addressed the human sinfulness and frailty, uh, he wrote to the Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So when we come into this world kicking and screaming, we're already in deficit. We come into this world already owing a debt that we cannot pay. We already know that, hey, there's something going on here that uh, we learn as we begin to get older that I've got to have a relationship with him if this is going to work out right. Our creator alone holds the power to dispense or demand favors. Honey, you can come on to the music. Get ready to, to close up. God can just do what he wants to do. There's, you know, around here in some towns and stuff, you guys that still live in, that live in Covington know these roundabouts that they put up everywhere. It's, you know, and they, they're getting some around in this area too. It's where there's no stop sign. You just merge in and go around and get, hit, hit your entrance wherever you're going. Those things are stupid. <laughs> but 
if you really want to get on one, I've never been on this one, but I've seen pictures of it and watched it. Is you ever seen in France around the Arch of Triumph at Roundabout where all them cars, I mean, it's like 100 cars. Oh, no. Well, the law says that if you are uh, coming in from the right side, if you're entering in from the right, that you, the law says you have the right of way unless you are a large truck. A large truck, everything negates everything. If you're in a large truck, you have the right of way. It doesn't matter from where you're coming from. And the reason they did this is that they, they said the French authorities reason it would be foolish and disastrous for a small car to challenge a huge truck. So they give the truck the right of way. If the truck yields to a car, it's because the truck driver wants to avoid an accident. It's not because laws or physics. He chooses. He could just run over the car. He'd still be okay because he's got the right of way. But if he chooses, he can yield. And so God can do, even so God can do as he pleases based on his omnipotence and his omniscience. He can, uh, he's sovereign. He makes the choices. He can do what he wants, but he is a God of mercy. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. His mercy is new every morning. Anytime God deals merciful with us, we owe him thanksgiving. I'm not even close to finished with this lesson. Wow, I didn't know I was going to get so involved in it today. Let's stand together. I, I know we've got to move on. I said earlier that you can't pay God back for what he's done. The psalmist said in Psalm 116 and 12, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am thy servant, I am thy servant, and the son of thy handmaid, thou hast loosed my bonds. I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. God knows you can't pay him back. And what the psalmist is telling us there, if you're trying to figure out what can I give God for all he's done to me, he said, just take that cup of salvation. Take what God has offered and be thankful for it. Be thankful that God has saved you and blessed you and watched over you. Be thankful for what God has done. Yeah, uh, trouble comes, but trouble don't last always. But God is forever. And I'm thankful today for what God has done in my life. How about you? Let's lift our hands one more time to him and, and pray and just be thankful to God before we're dismissed. Lord, we love you so much. And we're realizing today that without you, we can do nothing. We are your people and the sheep of your pasture. You made us and not we ourselves. We can't save ourselves. Lord, we can't feed ourselves. We can't clothe ourselves. Lord, it all comes from you. So today, Lord, let us remember to be grateful. Let us remember to be thankful for all that you have provided. Lord, as we come with many needs and many requests, let us first be thankful for what you have already done. We praise you for it today, Lord. We thank you for this day, for this service, and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, I am thankful for you today. I want to be thankful to the Lord. So you maintain, you know, like I said, 
Parents were always getting on to us about correct posture. It used to be teachers would get on to you. Sit up in that seat, you know, good posture. And, you know, they even used to have classes they would send uh, people to and make them walk with them books on their head. You know, got to want that posture because it, it meant something. You know, it's the way you carried yourself. So you make sure you have that posture of thanksgiving. You make sure that people can tell you love the Lord and you're grateful for what he's done for you. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service and believe God for some great, great things today. Amen. God bless you.